It's TechBiter Worldwide with Bill Flynn. The latest on programs and policies, helpful hints, and a bit of occasional nonsense. All in more or less plain English. Podcast number 830 for the 5th of May, 2023. This week, Windows has features that, while not quite annoyances, don't work the way you'd like them to. The ultimate Windows tweaker fixes a lot of these not-quite annoyances, and it's free. In short circuits, when I bought a new keyboard recently, I noticed a lot of extra keys. Some of them are surprisingly useful. Trying to print a website page is often an exercise in frustration because website pages are rarely designed for printing. PrintFriendly is a clever website and a browser extension that makes website pages printable. And 20 years ago, only on the website, iOmega, the company that filled a storage gap with high-capacity Zip and Jazz disks, tried online storage as the need for disks faded. Success eluded the project. Windows has a lot of settings. You might want to change one or more of the settings, but they're scattered all over the place, and some require a registry edit. The Ultimate Windows Tweaker from the Windows Club organizes a lot of tweaks for easy access. Two weeks ago, I described how to fix oddball Windows annoyances, and discussed how to tame the start menu and quick settings a week before that. Although the ultimate Windows tweaker comes from the Windows Club, I think it's better to download it from the Older Geeks website instead. You'll find a link on the TechBiter Worldwide website. That's because the Windows Club places links near the top of the page for other utilities, in quotation marks, instead of the file you want. That's something the Older Geeks site never does. Instead, the link you want is always at the bottom of the page after a lengthy description about what the program does and a donation request. I prefer that approach to the one used by so many other download sites that seem to want to trick visitors into installing something else. If you do prefer to download from the Windows Club website, you'll find a link to it on the TechBiter Worldwide website. But again, Older Geeks, I think, is better. I said that Windows has a lot of settings, and even a utility application that includes more than 200 Windows tweaks doesn't cover all the bases. Most of the tweaks aren't designed to fix annoyances, but only to provide users easy access to the settings that they may want to change. There are tweaks for privacy and security, performance, context menus, search, and more. When combined with God Mode and Power Toys, which I've described earlier, you'll be able to make Windows work pretty much the way you want it to. Each of the options does take some time to research and learn, but making the computer work the way you want it to instead of modifying how you work to match the computer is both satisfying and helpful. The Ultimate Windows Tweaker has been around for several years, and the new version 5 includes settings that are unique to Windows 11. The download is small, just a little less than 220 kilobytes. That tells us the application accomplishes few of the modifications itself, but acts primarily as a menu system for changes that can be made. So, what's in there? 
Well, when you open the Ultimate Windows Tweaker, you'll see a description of your computer and an offer to run an assessment. If you select that option, it will run Microsoft's Windows Experience Index utility. The highest score possible is 9.9, .9, and while the assessment is running, you'll see a lot of activity in the command window. When the process ends, you can select View Windows Experience Index to reveal the summary. The main screen also includes options to run the System File Checker and the Deployment Image Servicing Module. Those are two utilities that Microsoft support almost always asks users to run when they request help with a problem. One example of the kind of change the Ultimate Windows Tweaker can make is displaying the Windows version number in the lower right corner of the screen. I like having the version number present because then I can confirm at a glance that I'm running the latest version. The setting that I'm looking for to add the number in the lower right corner is on the Customization menu on the File Explorer tab. So that raises the question of how users find the settings they want to change. It would be more than inefficient to have to look through every menu whenever you wanted to change something, so there's a Search for Tweaks option near the bottom of the menu. Choose that, type some text, for example, Windows version, and click Go. You'll be taken to the appropriate location. There are, in fact, 10 menu items, some of which have multiple tabs. Customization has five tabs, Windows 11, Taskbar, File Explorer, Universal UI, and This PC. User Accounts has just one tab, but there are options to enable or disable the built-in administrator account and to change user account control settings. The Performance menu also has just a single tab, but there are items to open the Services Manager and the Resource Manager. The Security and Privacy menu has tabs for security and for privacy. Big surprise there, right? A menu for browsers works only with Microsoft Edge for some reason. The Context menu screen has four tabs for various context menus. The Additional menu offers items that don't seem to fit anywhere else and an option for troubleshooting. The other two menu items are Search for Tweaks that I mentioned previously and About to display information about the utility itself. Because some of the modifications involve registry edits, the Ultimate Windows Tweaker reminds users that they should create a restore point and even includes the ability to create one from inside the utility. The Ultimate Windows Tweaker restarts the Windows Explorer after making changes and also recommends rebooting the system after exiting the utility. That is particularly important if changes have been made to the registry. Rebooting allows the registry to be reread. If you find these podcasts useful, and I hope you do, might you consider a donation? There are no ads here, and support from listeners is the sole source of income. It's easy. Just visit the website and click the donate button near the top of any page. You can make a one-time donation or schedule a repeating donation every month. I thank you. And so does the cat. In short circuits, generally one keyboard has little to differentiate itself from any other. 
But that's changing, as I learned after installing the latest version of the Microsoft Ergonomic Keyboard. There are lots of extra keys. As a self-confessed keyboard slob, I have to replace keyboards more often than most people I know. Keyboards generally last no more than three or four years around here. I've been using a Fellows Microban ergonomic keyboard for the past several years, but I opted for a Microsoft model this time around. I've used ergonomic keyboards since they first became available. Typing on a straight keyboard is difficult because I've become accustomed to the split keyboard design. It took a few days to become comfortable with an ergonomic keyboard, but the configuration reduces the danger of carpal tunnel syndrome. Now, I could have removed all the keys from the fellow's keyboard, washed them, cleaned out the gunk in the keyboard chassis, and then replaced the keys. I've done that before. In fact, I wrote about it in July of 2008 and in March of 2020. There are links to those podcasts if you want to go back and listen to them. The keyboard I cleaned in 2020 was a fellow's unit, so it appears to have been in service longer than most of my keyboards. Perhaps I should mention that this is a corded keyboard, which I prefer to wireless units, even though I now use a wireless mouse. The Microsoft keyboard has several new keys and some key placements that my fingers aren't quite happy with yet. There are no feet near the back edge to rotate the keyboard forward. In fact, there's a bracket that can be placed on the front of the keyboard to rotate it backwards. And there's a lip on the front of the keyboard that ranges from 3 to 4 inches across the full width. I've never understood why most keyboards, and even ergonomic keyboards, had a mechanism to rotate the keyboard forward. That defeats much of the purpose of ergonomics, which has a goal of keeping the user's wrists straight. Some keyboards with large front lips allow the user to remove them, but that isn't the case for this Microsoft ergonomic keyboard. It's another way to help users keep their wrists straight. But what about those extra keys? In the upper left corner, there are three mystery keys labeled 1, 2, and 3. Pressing them eliminates the mystery. 1 opens the first application on the taskbar. 2 opens the second application on the taskbar. And 3, well, you can probably guess what it does. If you want those keys to do something else, they can be reprogrammed using the latest version of the Microsoft Keyboard Driver. There are two mystery keys in the lower right corner of the main keyboard section, one with a box and another with a heart. The one with the box is where many keyboard manufacturers place a second Windows key. Apparently, Microsoft has learned that users really don't need a left Windows key and a right Windows key. Instead, this key opens Microsoft 365, the Office suite, if it's installed. Unlike some of the new keys, this one cannot be reprogrammed if you don't like what it does. So that leaves the heart key. Does pressing it send a love note to Microsoft? Well, sadly, no. But happily, it does open the emoji picker so you can insert an emoji, a GIF, a sticker, or something from the expanded Windows clipboard. The Microsoft Mouse and Keyboard Center, which is available after you install the latest keyboard driver, allows the user to redefine many of the new keys. If I don't want the one key to open the first item on the taskbar, I could reprogram it to open any program, a website or a file, run a macro, navigate through desktops or create a new desktop, snap a window left, right, up or down, open the Action Center, 
perform a command on an audio or video track that's playing, perform an action in an email application or a browser, zoom in or out, perform document commands such as open, save, new, and print, open the file explorer, act as a key combination, or lock the computer. I've left a few of the possibilities out, but that list I just read is most of them. The top of the keyboard has media control keys. These have become common on a lot of keyboards in the past few years. The keys mute the speakers, increase or decrease volume, open the Microsoft Media Player, which I redefined to open Music B, play or pause, and select the previous or next track. Four more buttons are at the top right of the main keyboard. The one with the calculator icon opens, yeah, the calculator. It can be set up as a standard four-function calculator or switched to scientific, graphing, programmer, or date calculation mode. It also has automatic conversion procedures for currency, volume, and length. The calculator will be found on any Windows computer, but the keyboard key makes it more useful enough so that I might be able to stop using a calculator on the desk. I'll come back to that in a moment. The second button opens the Windows Snipping Tool. It would be helpful if it could be redefined to open Snagit or ShareX, but that's not an option. The third button opens the Desktop and Task Switcher, and the fourth button locks the computer. At the top of the screen, between the main keyboard and the calculator keypad, is a magnifying glass icon. Pressing it opens a search box that uses Microsoft's Edge browser and Bing to find what you're looking for. Microsoft has placed a second delete key above the backspace key. This is not helpful, because it's far too easy to press delete instead of backspace. There's already a delete key in the block of keys below the search icon. That block consists of three columns with three rows of buttons. It's unusual. My fingers don't yet like the layout, but I suspect it'll take only a few more days to retrain my fingers. The calculator keypad includes parentheses. These are honored by the calculator when it's in scientific mode. There are also dedicated clear, backspace, and decimal point buttons. So if you're looking for a new keyboard, check the options. There are lots more choices today than ever before, and some include options that can make your time at the computer easier and maybe even more productive. Not every website is designed to print well. A more accurate statement might be that few websites are designed to print well. And yes, I'm looking at you, TechBiter Worldwide. The TechBiter Worldwide website should display properly on computers, tablets, and phones. Not so well when it's printed. There is a way to fix the problem, and it's both easy and free. For example, the March 24th TechBiter Worldwide program has an article about the dangers of artificial intelligence. There is a lengthy sidebar that breaks across several screens. When printed, the website also gets the banner at the top of every page, and it covers a little bit of text. It's easy enough to use a screen capture function and then to print the image, or to use the mouse and select some text, copy it, and then paste it into a Word document. 
But pasting the URL into the print-friendly website or installing the print-friendly browser extension eliminates the problem. Print-friendly represents the page in sections, and any of the sections can be eliminated in the print version. When printing the page, I might want to eliminate the podcast player. After all, it doesn't work very well on paper. I might also want to remove the subscription link, the donation request. And because the sidebar starts after the second paragraph of the main article, I might want to eliminate that, too. The resulting print output has just the main text. Using the browser plugin makes the process even easier. Instead of needing to copy the URL and paste it into the print-friendly website, just click the print-friendly icon and the modified page appears on top of the page that you're looking at. You can then click items to remove. The utility uses the HTML structure to make components selectable. Images can be deleted. Text can be removed one paragraph at a time. Users also can modify line spacing and change the size of images. After deleting the items you don't want to print, the output options are print, PDF, and email. If you choose email, the result might not be what you expect. A message will be sent using SendGrid, but the message includes only the title and the first paragraph with a link back to the article. If you want to send an email copy of the article with the extraneous material removed, create a PDF. When choosing the PDF option, you can set the page to U.S. letter size or the A4 size used in most other countries. This is a most useful utility on newspaper websites, where articles often include images that are links to related articles. Check it out. There's a link on the TechBiter Worldwide website. In 2003, Omega was trying to switch from disk storage to cloud storage. That's this week's topic in 20 years ago on the TechBiter Worldwide website. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide. I'm Bill Blinn. There's more on the website, techbiter.com, and if you have a question or a comment, use the contact link you'll find there. Stop by again next week for another session. Music